Awesome, Isaiah. Thanks so much for those updates. I Garlic State of the Guardian. Guardian. Galaxy. Galaxy of the Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy. I was thinking thing? the face paint. So imagine you're a couples therapy and you're like, does she normally wear the paint whenever like, it's like, yes, I'm so, it's, we always have our arguments over the fact that she just doesn't take her prop paint off and it's just too much. I would I almost kind of make it seem as like she's always making a joke out of everything I do and she always just kind of pretends to be a clown. I don't know. Yeah. Something that you could kind of spin it That was his hobby. What if he had his face as well, but then she did it to mock him? Yeah. Or he did you. See? There is a, there's a story within a story, and us at Freight Waves will find it out. It relates to trucking. It was halting a truck. <laughs> it was. Right now, we're going <laughs> to shift gears here, but we're going to bring on our next guest, and that is Peter Rinchler, CEO over at Metaphora. And we're getting to talk about something that I think is intriguing, and that is around in technology, investments, and potentially selling. Peter, thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on, Anthony and Thomas. I'm I'm laughing at the at the banter about that last social story. Uh, you guys are you guys are cracking me up. Yeah, I mean it's a lot going on, so I'm always happy that we have that social roundabout segment. But <laughs> jumping into when we're talking about technology, um, what does it look like when you know you're knowing that you're playing on selling your company, but you still have some technical technological issues to work through here. Are there a list of priorities that you're going to need to work through or what does that really kind of all look like? Yeah, this is one of the biggest questions that we get because, um, you know, there are so many transportation companies that are planning on selling at some point, whether that's, you know, six months, 12 months, 24 months, <clears throat> five years from now. Um, and, and, and the question is always around, you know, well, how, how do you think about investing in technology if we're planning for a sale? Um, and, you know, one of one of the or actually kind of two points that we always try to remind people of are, you know, one, <clears throat> you know, we, a lot of times folks are hesitant to, to increase their spend on technology or, or spend money on technology projects because they're worried about the impact to EBITDA and that and the and the income of the business. And and, you know, any investment banker or, or financier would say that, um, you know, if it's a one time project, then, you know, you can add that back to the performance of, of the business. Um, and so because it's viewed as a one-time fee. Now, if there's any sort of ongoing headcount or, um, or software licensing fees, then obviously those would be impacting your bottom line. Um, which brings me to my second point, which is that, you know, the reality is companies demand higher valuations due to the operational impacts of the technology, not the actual technology itself. So when you hear about a company trading for a higher valuation because of their investment in technology, the buyers aren't actually paying more for the tech itself. They're paying more for, for what can be achieved as a result of that technology for, for higher levels of levels of automation or higher um, productivity per employee. Um, and so, I, you know, th those are two kind of key points that we always try to remind folks to anchor on as they evaluate technology investment in the context of selling the business at some point. Well, that's, that brings up a great question because uh, evaluations based on the potential of the tech stack that you may be adopting. So let's say that I'm like a CEO, I'm a struggling transportation company, and I finally managed to convince someone to buy me. Would there be a risk if I decide to upgrade my tech stack in a certain direction? Because like Charles Dickens, it would lead to great expectations. Yeah, I love the Charles Dickens quote. So if 
if you have someone that's planning on buying you, yes, absolutely, that is the wrong time to invest in technology. Because the reality is, you've already probably agreed on a price, and you're not going to actually see a value uplift. I, you know, our our mental model is if you're planning on selling in the next six months, it probably doesn't make sense. Um, you don't want to upset the apple cart, if you will. But if it's if it's more like 12, 12 or uh, 12 months or further out, you know, you, you can implement new technology and see value from it in that time period. And ultimately, going back to buyers pay more for the operational impacts of the technology, you want to have at least a, a few months, maybe three months worth of history where, hey, we implemented this technology and here's the impact that we saw over those three months. We'll annualize that and then apply that to kind of the the projected earnings of the business. Um, now, those those strategies do change depending on who you're selling to. Strategics likely have their own platform um, or or potentially even a, a highly customized off the shelf platform that they want to roll you onto. Whereas, if your plan is to is to sell to a private equity firm, they tend to care a little bit more about the tech stack that's in place today. Um, because they're 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 relying on on that as the foundation for other acquisitions in the future. And Peter, on the other side of it, is there a I'd say a, a con for potentially setting up a, I would say almost like a house of cards where you know you're running lean and you just have the bare minimum going on, and maybe you're uh, just a couple months out from selling, and there are a lot of issues that you really need to correct. Is there something that could really kind of pull a potential sell from underneath you because banks just aren't all secure? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Particularly if you've been, I mean, this happens all the time where where someone positions a certain amount of technology or automation that they have and then a deal and then a transaction closes and, um, and it, and it, you know, and it, uh, the, 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 the tech and the automation doesn't exist as promised. Um, you know, we, we always recommend being fully, fully transparent and direct when going through a sale around kind of what what the current state of the business is. What are the what are the strengths, but also what are the weaknesses and how do those weaknesses become opportunities? But absolutely I would not I would not recommend kind of misrepresenting anything um, by by any means. And 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 there is a risk to kind of the house of cards elements, and we've seen that with some transactions in the past. And final question here, looking at the overall environment, freight recession, bottom of the cycle, we saw some mergers and acquisitions by large trucking companies as well. Uh, what are y'all hearing on the ground? What's in the trenches? Do you think that some folks will start trying to hit the gas as we're hitting the corner and buy up capacity? Or is this something where people are battering down the hatches and just trying to make it until the upswing? Yeah, so um, but a little bit of both, you know, there are lots of buyers right now. They tend to be strategics more so than private equity firms. So strategics meaning a bigger company that's in a similar service line buys you um, as, as strategic enhancement to their business. Um, there are lots of big strategics that are looking to buy companies. Um, there are also, you know, the, the reality is because of the freight market that we're in, lots of smaller businesses or mid-market businesses, I'm talking anywhere from, you know, 30 to 500 million in revenue on the kind of quote unquote smaller end of the spectrum, have taken the mentality of, hey, we want to wait for the freight market to get better before we try to sell the company to maximize value. 
That being said, we're willing to have a conversation with a bigger strategic to see if there's a way to creatively structure a deal. Um, and then what we're finding is that the bigger strategics, anywhere from maybe 300 million up, you know, to the billions and billions in revenue, are still looking to do acquisitions. Um, and and what we're finding is that because they have pretty strong balance sheets and they've got the ability to borrow money at maybe better um, economics than others, you know, they're they're willing to get creative on how the deals are structured. So what you might see is hey, we're willing to give you a higher valuation than we normally would on trailing 12-month performance because it's been a really tough freight market. However, as a part of that valuation, there might be less cash up front and more tied in either equity or an earnout based on, 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 on you hitting certain performance milestones over the next one, two, three years of the business. Um, and so there are definitely deals to be done. There are lots of interested buyers. Um, I also just want to want to use this as an opportunity to say, like, now is the best time to invest in technology because business is slower. I understand it's painful. I understand it's hard to see cash out the door and you want to go into a walnut mode. But the reality is, like, it's a lot easier to implement technology when business is slow than when the market is absolutely ripping and crazy and you're trying to capitalize on every margin. And we saw that in We've seen that in every freight recession, that those that invest in technology, when the market turns, which we all know it will, they can really accelerate out of the curve. And, and then your business becomes that, more, that much more appealing from an acquisition perspective. Peter, some amazing insights as always this morning. If people want to learn more, get in touch with you. How can they do that? Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, we've got a lot of, lot of, lot of content, particularly some M&A related content and, and tech strategy and tech investment content on at our website, blog.metaphora.net. Um, and then the best way to get in touch with me is, uh, is actually probably email, which you can find on our website. Um, I get so much spam on LinkedIn. I saw Don from Green Screens post, posted about this the other day. I mean, I get like three to five messages a day of just like garbage spam. However, you can find me on LinkedIn. I post I I, uh, I, I post a fair amount there and uh, and 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 try to go through my messages, you know, once once a week or something like that. Awesome, Peter. Well, thank you so much for joining us yeah. this morning. We'll be sure to continue to follow up with you and Metaphora as the market continues to develop. Right now, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back with more Great Waves now. 